Hey everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. I'm Rodney Elmer. I'm here in the shop with the man himself. What's going on, Dad? And we're uh, sitting here. It's in the evening, and the snow yeah. is falling. It there's a we got snow outside. It's so dusting outside. What's the little uh, GIF gif? Right, right. G- oh God, GIF. Right, right. It's a gif. Okay, or the, a GIF. The, the the little girl, and she's going. Oh, the yeah. excitement, yeah, yeah. right? That's yeah. us right now because yeah. it's snowing and oh my God. Uh, we're days away. It's Tuesday evening and you and I are shipping out of here on Sunday. We're going to give up residence day because I'm a main resident now. And we were we were thinking we'd go Saturday and it was like, meh, we got, some, we got some stuff to do. But the weather's looking so good though. Yeah. Camp will be available Sunday night. So we've got yep. to head up for then. We can't get in Saturday night. So We'll go up Sunday and see what's happening. Um, it'll give us a chance to do a little bit of filming. Yep. Um, we want to do a little bit of drone footage and get a few clips of stuff and uh, put a mile, a couple miles on our legs. Yeah, and stretch, stretch. We got some new. We got, got new boots. Got to break in some new boots. Yep. Got a couple uh, newer areas we're gonna be checking out. And uh, um, right, we we're seeing a couple of real beauty bucks last oh, year, and oh. they hopefully have made it through the season, and they're still made gonna be the there. Winter. Right. Yep. You know, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, one of our, uh, our listeners out there, uh, Zach Duquette, um, he says, you need to talk a little bit more about J hooks and what happens, you know, at crutch time and yeah. when the buck is laying down those signals that lets you know he's close. Yep. And I want to, I want to spend a few minutes on that today because that is like, if you have to learn anything, it's crunch time, that crunch time when you're right up to him and you're doing the old Larry Benoit death creep, right? He would yep. call it the death creep when you go into slow mode. And you just go nice and easy. And High alert. Yeah, you just get it done. Um, a lot of times, as you're following a buck, he'll suddenly do a turn of some kind, mm-hmm. or he'll definitely change his pace. He'll go through a terrain change of some kind. Say he goes up onto a shelf, and mm-hmm. the shelf's covered with greenery, right? He's keeping a pretty good pace, climbing a hill, um, first thing in the morning, like before light maybe and he's working his way uphill or even if he's got a doe with them and they go up onto a green shelf someplace up on a mountain or even make it to the top um a lot of times the the terrain change and the pace change coinciding together means it's time to be careful yeah it does because something's happening and something's going on when they're uh walking along through the hardwoods or whatever, or they're working up a skitter trail that came down off, off the mountain and they're working up, you know, their way uphill. And all of a sudden they, as instead of holding a steady pace and walking right along, or even a little walk, stop, walk, stop. Now that they really slow down, you know, this, the spacing between the steps slows down. Now, when a buck's like himself, like Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers is probably one of the smartest bucks that I've ever followed. Um, and I want to say I, I probably jumped him, I want to say, boy, six or eight, maybe eight times yeah. on the first day. Um, and all, all total, I probably didn't move him more than a mile and a half. Wow. Because yep. he was in this really tight area he didn't want to leave. Nasty and, woods. And he, he knows just, what's out. Yeah. And, yeah. and also, too, there's a fair amount of hunting pressure around there, and he knows where the people don't go. And yep. this giant beaver swamp. Where he gets left alone. Crap is where he wanted to be. Um, they had knocked a bunch of fell buncher. They went in with a fell buncher, and they just, like, cut all the little poles and left them. Mm. They just drove in with a machine and cut these, like, strips where there was dry ground inside of this. And they knocked all these 
these holes in it. And now the holes are all full of uh, good things to eat, right? The raspberry bushes are growing. They're hell to walk in because the, the buncher has left the stumps fairly high. He did it in the wintertime when it was frozen and somewhat solid. And all he did was basically knock some holes in the canopy to change the tree age structure. And he made these giant holes in it. So now there's food in there. There's lots of cover. There's water close by. There's all the alders, you know, the ones that buck rub on and they're, they're, the bark turns red. There's lots of alders, lots of water, quite a bit of ice. He's, he's just kangarooing and staying ahead of me. He can hear me coming really good. Mm-hmm. And every time that he would gain a little distance on me, he'd go a couple 300 yards. And it would take me forever to get through that crap and catch up to him again, right? So I would go a half hour, 40 minutes. And then um, as I'm following him, he's running pretty good and getting away. But he did all that in just like five minutes. Yeah. Then he pulled into a a dry, high, somewhat covered spot, and he stopped moving. And he's just listening. And I'm being as quiet as I can, and now I'm you know, a quarter mile away, so he can't really hear me. It takes me a long time to make my way through the brush. And then as I'm watching all this nasty stuff, out in front of me, I'm looking for dry ground. When it's super wet, the deer won't be there. They won't be someplace where it's real wet. Yeah, they're, they're going to go to a spot where they can you know, get up high up out of the water and the nasty stuff and stop right. and listen. And they're like, you don't want to stop in the middle of a swamp. No, I didn't want to stop out yeah, there. Some like, places no. I felt like I needed to run because I'm going to sink right up. You know, and it's like you're, when so you're going wet. through a swamp, you and the deer are feeling and thinking the same thing. Like, I just want to get out of this. Let me get up to a spot where I can stand sturdy. It's good solid ground. Right. Yeah. Now, as you're, as you're crossing some of that garbage and you see the solid ground coming, I'm saying to myself, okay, that's where he is, is up there. Yes. Now, in the beginning, I called to him like crazy, you know, trying to get him to to at least stay put and let me get on the solid ground with him. Mm. And the first couple of times it bought me quite a bit of time and I actually got on the high ground with him and I saw him a couple of times, just, just a tail, you know, just a boinky boink and away he went and I just couldn't do anything about it. Um, picking him out and the brush is super hard. And most of the time, those drier places you can see farther than you can where it's super wet and thick. Mm. Unless it's really wet and there's no trees, then you can see quite a ways, you know, right? So there's there's quite a bit of change in it. Because there was so much ice and noise, he could hear me coming for a long way. So I would make my way real slow at first. The first couple times, because remember, I've only scared him. He's heard me coming. He doesn't know what I am. Yeah. I am calling while I'm coming. And he's not sure if I'm a deer or a buck. So he jumps up onto this dry ground after going through a bunch of garbage and beds down now as i'm coming through the stuff and i'm getting up to that that dry ground and i'm now 75 yards from the dry ground and i'm working my way nice and quiet through the swamp grass as best i can and it's thick green on the outside of this island in the middle of swamp right so like i can't see into the island i can't look into it and i'm hoping he's not looking out of it somewhere you know, he might be, and I might not be able to see him. You know, you could yeah. be on one of them green islands and look out, and it, they're pretty safe, right? And he's yeah. using those. Yeah. And it's there's tons of hunters around. There's so, a swamp bunker. Yes, and yeah. he's, he's using that. So um, I get up onto the island, and I don't hear anything, and I follow the tracks, and he comes out of the muck, and, of course, his track is covered with mud and everything else. Yeah. And he goes a little ways, and then he bears to the right, which is – into the wind 
Which he, is odd. Yes. He gets first. up on it. He's crosswinding. He gets yep. up onto the dry ground, and he turns to the right into the wind. Now, he walked about 50 yards or so, had to go around a little bit of a blowdown. You know, swamps are loaded with junk that you have yeah. to go around. Yep. And he walked around some of this stuff, and then there was some beautiful, nice, even flat ground on the other side of it. And as soon as I saw that giant blowdown, I said, he's going to go around that blowdown, and he's going to go into the wind, but that's really good for me. Yep. Right. That's excellent for me because I'm coming at his downwind side. Yep. So I started around the brush and I come around the corner and he goes upwind for a ways and he stops, stands there for quite a while, then comes back on his track and starts to make a half moon out in front of me to the downwind side. Mm. So he's made a J, yep. but the he's elbow there in, in the elbow of the J there's a spot where he walked off and came back onto his own track uh-huh. again and then made completed the J. And decided to do the hook. Yes. Now, He's, you can tell. He, he like got up on the island, and he went, and he listened for anything coming behind him. And he stood there for a while. And probably heard you. Maybe, maybe not, but he came back on his track. Well, that's probably why, right, that's probably why he hooked you. And he only, uh, the, the little line that he made off the corner of the J was about 15 yards. So he just, he started the hook and he made this little detour, then came back on his track and finished making the hook. And now he goes to the downwind side and guess where I am? Yeah. The wrong place, right? I'm on the upwind side of the J. Yes. Now, most of the time while you're tracking, the, it's not too often that the deer are dead in front of you. A lot of times they're on the side. They're and especially the side. if they're going slow, they'll, they'll do a J-shaped arc in their walking. Yep. You know, say they're feeding a little bit or whatever. They hook to the right or to the left. Most of the time, if it's an older, older buck, and especially if you've hit him a couple times and he knows you're after him, yep. he'll do a downwind J all the time because he wants you upwind to him. Yes. It's one extra thing that he can catch you on. When you're, when you're moving through the woods um, and you're just tracking, whether you have seen the J-hook tracks or you've seen any stopping or transitions or any of that kind of stuff, you, you want to look for those more flat sections of woods. You and I were actually just watching Jeff Doyle's uh, Tracking 200 finale. Yep. We were watching that, and you know, as he was going through the woods, he looks down to the left and you know, before we had gotten to the part where he spots a deer, we're like, Nope, it's going to be up on your right. Because you could just, you look at the woods and of course the amount of times that we've tracked deer and the amount of times we've jumped deer and stuff, you know, down on that side hill is not where they ever stop and hang out. It's on the flats in the woods. Most of because the time. it's the, they're the on the that's a point of transition where one it's a better spot for a break the ground is more even so te- you know it tends to be a little bit drier because it's higher up and the trees are nicer and it's a better spot to bed or anything like that and grunt buck was the same way mm-hmm. right all yep. these all these deer have been you know doing any kind of hooks and like walk up four way stop and then to the right it's on flat ground. Most of the time, if a deer is on a slope of some kind, um, I don't know what the degree would be. Um, I mean, there's probably like a 30 degree or more slope. They're going to be on their feet. Mm-hmm. They will not be laying down on it most no, of the time. No, not going to bet on a roof. If there was like a root ball that turned up and fell down on a tree and that is made an a little tiny, tiny shelf yep. where it happens to be flat on the side of that slope, then they might lay down on yes. it. Yes. Especially a really heavy, heavily pressured deer in a lot of flat country and it's the only bank around 
Yes. He'll be on that. When you and I were uh, tracking the two-step buck last year, that was a nasty side hill. And of course, in that video, we we showed everybody how steep that was. Yeah. And he was doing the same thing where Mm -hmm. where an old tree had fallen over, was bedded down right there. And all these like, kind of like little flat, you know, dog roof kind of sections on this big steep bank is where the only spot where you can really rest and not be you know, having on an to, angle, having to, on an angle, right? So that you want to roll down the hill. That's right. See, we could lay on a hill because we would align our bodies with it. If we laid yeah. sideways on it, would we like it? No, you roll no. down. <laughs> and a deer is the same exact way. They yeah. don't want to have that. I'm going to roll down the bank feeling yeah. when they lay down. Yeah. So he does the J hook, but he makes this little sidewalk before he yep. finishes it in the elbow of the J, right? So I make note of that. Now, remember, I haven't jumped him yet. This is the first time I get him up. Oh, he doesn't know you're coming. He doesn't know I'm coming. And he does this little curious line off to the side and then finishes the J. And you can tell he spent some time doing it. He Mm -hmm. walked out there and stood for a minute, turned around and came back on his tracks. He's like going out and assessing and making sure nothing's around, everything's cool, before he finally relaxes. Now, he, he hooks around to the side and... I'm saying, as I get up to this little part that he made that ran off to the side, and I see the track coming back on itself, I said, oh. Mm-hmm. Now, he walked out to what looked like a dead end on the island, right? Yeah. Like, if you're on an island and somebody walks right towards the shore, then turns around comes back on their track, there's really no need to go out there. No. Right? I'm pretty sure. that it's It's the same deer. He's the only deer track on the island. Yeah. And he's done this little thing and I'm not going over there, but I follow with my eyes where he came back and where he's going and it's hooking to my downwind side, which is like, and I'm like, Oh man. Now the question is how deep in the elbow of the J am I compared to the crosswind? Right? Because Mm -hmm. as I start the elbow more and I'm more and I'm longer on the upwind side of him, he's going to smell me and blow out of there. Right? So, I'm, I'm looking to where it curves to, and now I'm definitely watching the hook, right? I'm looking for the hook. I, he should be standing on the hook of the J, right? Yeah. So I'm looking for it somewhere there off to my left, and, and I'm trying to see him, and there's a good-sized blowdown, another one over there. Yep. And it's about 40 yards away. Ooh, that's probably it. Now, right behind it is another little five-foot lift on the island of dirt. Like, there's mm. another little tiny bank right behind okay. that big blowdown. And I'm saying, man, right on that bank, right there. Yep. Now, I'm pointing at him. I'm looking at him. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I am actually staring right at him. He's right there. And I'm looking at the spot. And I'm walking real slowly, not on his track i'm going straight across the j but remember there's that giant blowdown in between us mm-hmm. right see that's the other reason that they want to make a hook of some kind and go around an object lay on the downwind and put their backtrack with something in between them and the downwind side so, right. so something's coming that's you know a barrier that's right and or they, the upwind side they want to be downwind of that sure yeah so and, they can and it makes sense to have some kind of object between whatever could be chasing you and plus you. being higher up but he was just used to doing that now remember he didn't know i was coming this is just his habit right so i learned a little habit about him and i haven't haven't pressured him at well, all if he's yet. had any experiences along the way which he probably had which he probably has either with and other by the deer time i got up. done tracking him i knew he had <laughs> yeah and whether whether other deer had come up to him That's or right. you know dogs or you know coyotes or whatever sure. any kind of woods experience he's like 
I'm just taught by my mother yep. to sit up on a nice high hill with a little something between me, a place where I can see and a good spot where I can smell where the wind is kind of swirly. That's where they're going to water bed down. And there's an exit. That's right. Right. Multiple exits. Yep. Now, either he gained it some by being a fawn and mom taught him some of those mm-hmm. tricks. Odds are good because he's a three-year-old or better, you know, in, in, in that area that gets hunted really hard. He's been tracked quite a bit and he's, Probably. he's learned this. Probably. And I'm sure it's worked for him a million times. It's a good plan. It's a really good plan, <laughs> right? So I work my way straight across the tort straight at the hook right i don't even bother going around the elbow of the hook i just head straight for the hook now as i'm going i have this blow down in my way just a little bit but i'm staring at the spot i think he is and i'm looking everything over super slow and easy now it's about 11 30 12 o'clock maybe 12 30 at the latest right so it's it's dead center midday now i have all the time in the world except for the fact that now i'm on his upwind side yep which now, is a major disadvantage. Well, as I stay there longer, it definitely is oh, a disadvantage because yeah. the longer you're upwind, the more likely they are to get you, you know? So I don't want to dilly-dally too long, but I don't want to go fast and blow it if he does happen to be a little sidewind to me. Your you know? first your first uh, chance at the deer is always the best. Oh, yeah. That's it's always the easiest and always have the best odds of pulling up on a deer that doesn't know you're coming. Always, 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 always. Of course, that that matters too about the spot he's in. Sometimes they're in a wicked hard spot, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Mo- and even if it is your first time, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. I, I've had quite a few yeah. of them where they were just in a super bad spot. There's nothing you can do but well, get good, them up and get them out. It was a good spot for them, bad spot for you. Right, right. And it's like there's nothing you can do about it. Just mm. get him out, right? Get him out of there. Hopefully, he'll land someplace where you can do something about it. Yeah. So I pull up and I can't see anything and I can't hear anything. And I've called quite a bit. I pulled you guys' stunt, right? You guys pulled my stunt mm-hmm. right? and I called. Yeah, him. I did. I, I didn't coin him. that, dude. And and I, I did quite a, I gave him quite a while. Yeah. He should have had, you know, 20 minutes, half hour I spent just right. going about 50 yards. Death nice creeping him. Easy. Yeah, nice and easy. Nice. And I'm hoping that he'll get up or move or just show me a little something. And there was nothing. Now I'm forced, there's so, so much garbage to my right that I end up having to go into the elbow deeper. And as I go into the elbow deeper and I come around the, the end of the blowdown, he's only about 25 yards out past the blowdown on this little hump that I really can't see on top of. It's just about at my height and I'm, I'm staring, it's, it's, I'm not quite, he isn't silhouetted enough for me to do anything about it. And it's real thick, small, like Christmas trees, small spruces. The same, same thing where you and I were with the coyote buck. Yes. And we, and I snapped that stick. Yeah. That. Right. And you had the same exact situation. Uh, well, uh, a two-step buck. Yep. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 And, and of course the off goes the, off goes the deer. And and I just hear tunk tunk tick tunk tunk you know just just yep. off stick just here and there and clinking through the leaving. spruces and I'm laying ah damn right so I climb the little bank and I go about 25 yards and there's mm-hmm. his bed right there he spent some time standing about six or eight feet away from the bed mm. so he was careful there too and then he like put his nose down and did some sniffing and found a place to actually park so he was cautious twice before he laid down yeah. Now, I hadn't jumped in or anything, but he's probably only a quarter mile from a road, and he can hear the truck traffic and stuff. 
and he's on the downwind side of the road, right? So he's he's paying attention to everything. Yep. And I'm saying to myself, well, it's a good one, right? This one's going to be some work. Yeah. He, yeah. He's smart, and he's showing lots of signs right off the bat. I, I'm looking at all those little moves that he made, and yep. I'm saying there's some good signs right there that nice. he's, he's probably an older buck by the caution that he's showing. And I love those, right? I love those smart ones. The challenge is good. Yes. Yeah. So... I, of course, when I heard him run, I grunted a little bit just in case because he might not have smelt me. He might yeah. only have heard me. Who knows, right? So I, I get up to where he is, and I, I work my way along where he's running. And he, he jumps and bounds yep. for about 150 yards. Then he goes to little small, like six-foot hops. He's just hopping, you know, just yep. barely. And he's loping a little bit, and he goes into a whole bunch of water, beaver pond, garbage. And it, and I look, and it's about 300 yards away. There's another island over there. So I say, here we go, back across all the alders and ice, right? <laughs> and the, the swamp grass that I could go right up to my neck in at any second. Right? Oh, yeah, just disappear out of yeah. sight. So I'm like, yeah. oh, great, here we go, right? So, But it's a nice deer, so we got to give her some. So I, I crawl and climb, <laughs> and I walk on trees for about 50 <laughs> yards straight, just staying on top of down logs yeah. and you name it. He smashes and crashes um, through most of the grass and ice, but the main water where there's like a brook and the ice is about an inch and a quarter, inch and a half thick, he didn't like that. Yeah. And he started into it once, and, and it, you could tell he he didn't like that. He jumped backwards. Yep. He's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Screw you know? that. Yeah, I'm going to go this way. No, I'm not. Right? He bails out, and he hooks about 35 yards around, and he finds another spot that looked a little bit better, and he went for that, and he busted across. And then I had to go another 25, 30 yards farther than that to get up yep. onto the beaver dam. And yep. even that, I barely made it across myself without getting super wet and falling and you name it. I get back on, and now we get to the next island. And as we're, I'm starting to get ne closer to the next island, I'm not calling so much anymore. But I'm pretty sure you can probably hear me, so I only grunt a little tiny How is the bit. snow? Um, the snow is about four inches. Mm -hmm. Underneath, it's only about an inch and a half. Soft? Yeah. Yes. Wet or cold? Uh, powdery, powdery, soft, not mm. too bad. Um, yep. And it's melted just a hair, but now we're working on about 2.30. Well, it's getting late. So it's getting, the sun's going down, and we are in a pretty good valley, and things are starting to crunch up just a little yep. bit. So I call a little bit more, but not much. Just, just every now and then, a little soft grunt while I'm walking. And I get onto the next island, and I super creep right up onto it, just in case. You know, I got lucky, and he didn't know I was coming. And it's been, oh, 40 minutes now of me getting over to where he was. So it took about 40 minutes to cross 300 yards. So I get up onto the island with him, and the same thing. He makes a hook, goes to the side, comes back around, and lays down. And you can tell he wants to lay down. Yep. And he, that, that means he wants to chew his cud. He yes. must have done some feeding and then didn't get to chew his cud too much. And I showed up in the morning and got him going. And then he knocked his horns once on, on a, a signpost rub uh, only about 80 yards from the road. Yep. Then shot across the road, shot into the next big hunk of swamp, went out across that, got onto this next island. I'm out there on the next island with him. I crawl up and he does the same exact thing. And this time... He's not in the bed. He's about 60 yards from it, and he's on the far edge of the island. 
So I predict where the bed is, I'm looking at it, and I just go straight to it. The island's about 50 or 60 yards in a circle. It's not big so at all. So you predicted the J and cut the hook off. Yeah, and, just and you, cut the hook off so and you went, went to up, the downwind side. Went up to where the, the hook, you can see the hook kind of start? Mm-hmm. Or did you just say, he's probably going to do it, let's go the other way? Yeah. I, I'm you like, didn't even see the hook, and you said, let's, let's swing the track. Right, because the island is so small. And the way he was walking, his pace as he was starting to make his little odd little hook that he makes. Yeah. And his he was attitude. walking real slow. I'm like, no, he was going to park right here and wait for me. So either he's on the island right now or he's already off and he's on to the next one. But either way. Either way, I've got to go easy. I don't have any choice. Yep. Right. So What's I your go, visibility? How far can you see right now? Uh, only about 30 yards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so okay. it's not too good. Yeah. And I'm crawling through That's the garbage. Good. I, I, I try and go around uh, some stuff. It, the whole thing's flat. There's hardly any blowdowns, but there's tons of little Christmas trees that are about, you know, my height. Yep. So I'm looking through the tops of those, like corn, you know. I'm kind of just looking through it all. And there's taller, about 25, 30-foot trees overhead. So there's a roof, which is good. Most but of the time, thick. the roof. It's and, thick, and, but a and roof. And the ground is spongy. Oh, spongy really? kind of yeah. muskeg kind of gooey yeah, stuff moss. and they don't like to lay on that too much they'll pick the driest spot in that if they do lay down any yeah. amount of like roots or hard ground they'll lay down in that well i i cut through some of that stuff and i pop i see a little hole coming up in it and i said oh in the little hole right there that's yeah. where the bed will be and sure enough there's a bed there he gets up out of the bed and walks away and i'm like "Ooh, he's still on the island right Sweet. i'm feeling good you didn't disturb him maybe maybe and i've also got the bed size now really good i twice now i've seen his beds and good i can bed. measure them it's and, a good and i bed. can see how big it is and it, it matches my rifle and i've got a magnum so i said that's good so I go a little farther, and I can hear boom, crash, and it's it's got to be 150 yards from there, ah. and it's way out in the ice, right? And he's already out in that ice and brown grass and alders, and he's smashing way out there. Yep. So, of course, what do I do? You run to the open, right? Because yep. I might be able to see Maybe. Him. That's right, and he might stop out there. That's you know? risky, too, because if you're not what you're hearing is not your buck right he might go ah, yeah right? you might a, he might come alive right out from underneath your feet run right on top of him but oh, either yeah. way it's worth the risk because now he'll be pushed out into the open right yeah and, and yep. if there's any kind of open you want the deer to be out in the open and you want to get right out be. there with him yeah. right so it's like this is my chance to get him in the open there happen to be a couple of uh drier uh spruce like little fingers sticking towards me, and the fell buncher had gone out on those. And one of them I could see up it. Mm. And I said, oh, if he runs up onto that, you know, it's about 150 yards of swamp and stuff, and if he gets up onto that and he can see it from here and I miss him in the grass, I'm going to catch him right in that little road. So I'm, I'm standing there with my gun, and I keep my gun right on that, that spot right there, and I'm not looking through the scope. I'm still using my eyes to see it, but I'm ready to go. If he comes up into that spot, that's where I'm going to get him. And I can't hear anymore, and there's nothing. So about three minutes, four minutes go by, and I say, mm-hmm. well, here we go, back yep. in the garbage. So I go back across all that garbage again, and we've started a giant hook on the landscape because I'm coming to the end of the swamp. I can see these red planted pines out in front of me, and he's not going to go up in there. He knows better, right? That's where the hunters are. That's where the dry ground is. That's that, where the roads are. That's the gauntlet. That is the gauntlet. You don't go out and run out into the meadow, man. Right. He's not going to do that. Nope. He, just, I can tell right off the bat. He's too smart for that, and he's going to stay in his crap. He's like a giant snowshoe hare in a swamp, and he just doesn't want to leave. Yeah. 
So I go across and I head right for that notch. And as I'm going for that, that fell buncher spot where I can see pretty good, I head right for it. And as I'm getting to it, there's his track and it goes right up into the damn thing. And I must've missed it somehow. Yeah. And he, he made it through it before I saw him. No, I predicted the path. I I like it when I predict the path, he's going to go here, here and here. Right. And, and when I'm looking at the tree canopy two or 300 yards in front of me and I'm seeing the kind of trees that are in front of me and what and I'm imagining the ground in underneath them and where the good spots would be, you know, I'm working on that. So I'm like, I'm in the right places. I'm doing the right thing. So I get up there and I get in that skid trail and he goes 50 yards, runs right down it. And it, he acts like he's just going to follow that now. And we're going to be on good, high, dry ground. And I'm out of that crap. You wish. I wish. <laughs> he bails off to the right on the downwind side of it, naturally, mm-hmm. and does a, a hook on the downwind side. But it's the opposite hook. It's a, it's a right-hand J versus a left-hand J. He's been making almost straight lefts. This time he makes a right. But the pattern is almost the same. Same attitude leading to it. Yes. This time he doesn't do the little sidestep back up over his own track. He doesn't do that this time. He just hooks around and he stands there. And, of course, he's not going to lay down anymore because he's pretty sure I'm trying to kill him. (laughs) This this guy keeps coming across 200 yards of ice and crap, and he just keeps coming. So let's feed him some garbage. So he takes off, and now he turns it on. And he says, that's it. I'm out of here. I, when I get up into that, that first spot there, he's off to the side of me about 70 yards away. And he must have heard me. And I did break a couple of sticks. And off he goes. I hate that. I hate that so much. You're like so quiet. And it goes, Pack, and you're like, yeah. And, you just, and I was doing good, right? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, that's why God made sticks to save deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. In part, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All those, it gives them away too. I don't know how many times I've heard a stick break. I look over and there's a deer. I've I've gave my position away with sticks more than deer have given their <laughs> position away with sticks to me. But yeah. Yeah. Well, now he just runs downwind. Yeah. And he says, I'm going to feed you some garbage. Yeah. So he starts feeding me these little tiny slashy poles. And he runs through a bunch of rabbit jail and then jumps up into a skid trail and runs 50 (laughs) yards and then dives back into the rabbit jail and then runs up on a nice spot and back into the rat. And we make this giant circle. (laughs) And now I'm like a half an hour before dark and we're almost crossing over our own tracks. Not quite. And we've gone about a mile and a half, but in all actuality, we've only gone about a half a mile circle across. Yeah. So he really hasn't gone anywhere, and he does not want to leave that spot. And there are roads all the way around it, and he's like, nope, we're staying right in here. Yeah, he knows better. Yeah, but he's never had anybody press him that hard in the garbage. Yeah. They'll so, start to freak. If, they're, if yep. they're not confident in running away and they haven't been tracked a lot, they will freak a little bit when you keep coming and keep coming. They'll and keep, and you keep, they'll They will go, they'll like, Cross they'll country. dive. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll turn it on and they'll run for their lives. Like, they're afraid, very afraid. And you're like, this thing is crazy, man. He won't stop going. And meanwhile, on the other end of the track, it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. right? Turn it on. They'll dive yeah. through nasty stuff, well, bring you to every other animal in the woods and drag you across Hill and Dale. <laughs> they will. And especially the younger ones. Yeah. The younger ones will do that. Big ones will just walk steady, and they know you won't catch them. Yeah, they'll just put a beeline on, and they just go, and they don't have to hammer because you can't get them. Now I have listened to the weather report, and it's due to snow about six or eight inches. Get a restart that night. 
that yeah. night, right? So I'm like, well, it's a restart, but by the same token, it may if he doesn't come out of there, I may have to go pawing through that hole. You might have to try to cut it in half or something in order to yeah, kick him out. in order to find him. And that's if in you, that mess. That's and if, that's if he's left enough tracks for me to follow. If in, you have to in the snow. If you have to, I haven't been. You can up. just tear through a patch of woods and try to kick one up and then track it after it's been disturbed. But that's like a last ditch effort, you know, flip flop in order to bust something up. You don't do that unless you really have to. Because, or you know for sure he's in there. Yeah, because starting a deer that knows you're there and that's a little like disturbed is, you know, it decreases your odds significantly. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a track, you have to do what you have to do, right? Mm -hmm. Because rather than walk around on blank snow all day long, you might as well try to kick something up. Right. It's better than nothing. But by the same token, you want it, you want tracks. The good part is that there's lots of deer activity in that area. And yeah. there's like six or eight does in that, you know, mile by mile and a half area. There's a bunch of them already in there. So I know that there's some ladies in there yep. and that'll help keep them in there just a little bit. Yeah. Now, if, if it's snowing super hard, like at two in the morning and it continues till say six in the morning, all the tracks he made between two and six will almost be completely covered up and they'll only be dimples or whatever. And you can't really figure it out real well, unless you go in underneath the, in the spruces and yeah, see under the and, canopy. Yeah. Get under the canopy and see what, what you got for a direction and for a size. So naturally in the morning, we've got tons and tons of snow. It's wet, heavy snow It's snowing like crazy. And you can see it on the video, right? I, I don't even dare to take the camera, turn the camera on outside in the open is these giant wet flakes and they're just falling like crazy. And we've got, we drive around it first and we get most of the way around it and there's his track and he comes out and goes up into the red pines. So at I'm night. like, yeah. yeah. So, and it, it couldn't have been too much at night because it was snowing like crazy and we had six or eight inches. So yep. the track is an hour or two old, probably and nice and fresh. It's got a little tiny bit of snow in it and that's it. And we come along with the truck. So Jimmy and I take off after him and we go up in the woods and I'm like, okay, Jimmy, I'm going to get you shooting this thing on film. It's a pretty <laughs> decent buck. Let's do it. Right. So we go up into the garbage and we, we get into these red pines and he goes like crazy. Turns out he's got a doe with him. Yep. They go quite a ways. And then the two of them split up when we jump them. We don't notice them, and they both kind of just hop up, and away they go, and we can't do anything about it. And guess what he does? Turns around and heads back <laughs> down into the garbage. And now you don't want to get him because you want a deer. You want to shoot him for revenge. <laughs> yeah. And especially Jimmy, right? For Jimmy dragging like, you through. Oh, that no Jimmy does not like going in the swamp. He no. does not like swamps. And we, here it is snowing like crazy. Yep. His glasses are getting covered by snowflakes. Yep. And he's not liking that. We're soaking wet, but we really gave her some. Yep. We went a long ways with that deer, but it was snow on everything, and it was just like, man, will this just stop? You know, turn the snow off. Yeah, we've turn had it. enough. Yeah, this is good. We're good. Plenty. We don't need any. And, and, of course, the deer, as soon as we bust him, and he runs a little ways, and then we bust him again, and now he turns and heads right for the swamp, and yeah. we get down in the garbage. And, and, of course, in order to get back in the swamp, we have to go back across the road with the trucks parked. And sure enough, you know, we get out to the road and Jimmy's like, I'm going to the truck. This is stupid. You can have that deer. And I'm not going down in that garbage. I, I am not going down in there. Yeah. I'm soaking wet and I just don't want to do it. Right. So <laughs> I said, okay, 
I'll try and get him out of there. We got to get him out of the swamp. We can't leave him in there. We've just got to get him out. So we, uh, he heads back to the truck and I, I go down in the woods and the deer doesn't go in there 300 yards and he does a left hand J with a line in it. And I'm saying, oh, here we go. He's going to be laying right here. Now, the good part is that he's gone down in across the road about 300 yards, and he's in the swamp now, but he's done a left-hand J, and now I'm on the opposite side of him. I am on the bad wind-ish side of him, but there's hardly any wind at all. And I've been staring right at where his bed is, and I keep telling myself, man, right there. It's right there. Well, I get up onto the bank ever so carefully, and I'm looking down at the bed. And when I take the camera and I, I take it and I point it at the bed, and then I point it at and me. And you do the shh. And thing. I do the shh sign. Like when, when, when I'm doing that, that deer is only about 20 feet away from me right then. He is right in the little small fell buncher spot right there. He walks down the edge of it. And I'm standing there 20 feet away from that thing. And I, I said, do I just keep hunting or do I film this? Nope, kill him. And I'm like, film this. So I film it ever so quietly. And I put the camera back in my pocket. And I pick my gun up and I put it on my shoulder. But it's pointed down towards the ground a little bit. Like a soldier, you know. And I lean my head out down the row to look. And as I lean my head out. I see his butt right there and his tail goes up and he runs like instantly. And of course there's nothing to shoot at. I, yeah. I can only like see his tail and some of the fluff that is on the, his hindquarters, yeah. you know, that turns white, that, that fluffy, that I brown, could, that yeah, transition. I, I there. saw that just for a split second yeah. and off he goes. And you're like, you, you couldn't actually even technically confirm either. No, I, so I wouldn't like, have known for sure. So you're like, you but, can't, you just have to. But his track is walking right over, like Jeff, stepped over that blow down. Yeah. Wow. You know, like, yeah. I didn't even get a chance to do that because he's gone. Well, the good part is he's going up and he's headed right towards the road and right towards Jimmy. You know, Jimmy's in the truck, but he is headed back out of the swamp. And I've got between him and the swamp, and I booted him pretty good, and now he's going. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put the wood right to him. Now I'm going to pour on the speed, and I'm not going to go slow. There's no more creeping. I'm just coming, and I'm just going to keep coming. Just Said, relentless. I've had it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm coming. No, no more messing around. <laughs> I'm just coming. No so, more. I'm soaking wet now, yeah. you know, and and. It's got to be 1230 or so, and, and I'm just soaked. And I tell, told Jimmy, I said, he's coming for the road. He's not going to stay in this swamp. I'm getting him out of here. He is not going to stay in here and sleep all day. He's not doing that. He's, he's getting, getting up. up. Yeah. So I follow him, and I, I put the boots to him a little bit. And he goes about 150 yards and then takes off running again. And he keeps running towards the road pretty good. And then he goes right up across the road. And I bust out onto the out of the swamp and onto the road and i jimmy says are you out of the woods yet and i said yeah i'm on the road right now and he says okay i'll be down so he drives down with the truck and he's like what do you want to do and i said well i probably ought to keep going but man i'm soaked and he says i am completely soaked and i'm soaked right through and i'm not getting out of the rig yeah he's like i'm done yeah and he says i'm kind of hungry too and i said well we're only you know six eight miles from camp let's go back and change clothes i think taylor's beagles are there so right we head back 
Yep. Grab it. Not yep. being used. So when we get back and the deer crosses the road and it runs quite a ways, quite a distance into the woods. And when we come back, I'm like, let's just cut, cut to the next road. I bet he doesn't even stop in that whole block of woods. I think he just he bites right out it. of the swamp, and now he's going to make a beeline for the next half mile. He ain't even going to look back. He's just going to run because he's, he's not down in his little safety anymore. Yep. So now he's going to be like the jackrabbit out of the swamp. He's going to be in the hardwoods, and he's going to go. And he's right? going to look for another spot to bury down. Yeah, He's out of here. Yep. So I said, I, I don't think he's going to be in this ne- yeah. this block of woods. He's going to be in the next block of woods. Let's try, try driving the other road up there. So we drive the other road, and sure enough, the bugger's crossed. So when we're all dried off and we're back up there in the afternoon and Jimmy says, well, I'll go right down here. There's a landing. I'll go in and cut his track and start following him. And I said, okay, you follow him and I'm going to swing you. You just, you go ahead and take it. Right. So he takes the track and goes creeping down in there. The deer goes into a big pole area, slows down, starts feeding a little bit. Jimmy's crawling along. I'm swinging way out to the side. And then of course, at the end, the buck does the same J. He does the same kind of, as soon as he busts out of one type of cover and gets into another type of cover, he, he hits the he brakes hooks back around and, and he checks does his backtrack. The, yeah, he hooks, hooks to the right, checks his backtrack. Checks wind. Checks the spot. Everything seems cool. He comes back on his own track, finishes the hook, and lays down on the hump. Right? This has been his pattern. So as Jimmy's down below me, Two, three hundred, four hundred yards away, he's down below me, and I'm watching the valley and I'm seeing the shape of the land. And we haven't talked on the radio at all. Jimmy's just coming along. And I slide down through the woods and I'm trying to cut the track and run into either the deer, the track, or Jimmy. I'm gonna run into one of them. Because so I've been like something. a wingman hit something. out to the side. I'm yeah, gonna hit something. You're paralleling. I come down and sure enough, there's the track right there. Uh-huh. So I put an arrow on it, keep going, right? And I see the kind of terrain that's coming up. And I did about a 400-yard hook as fast as I could yeah, hook move, it. Yeah, move along. Yeah, get it going. So I hook around this big hump and then get in between the other hump and that hump. And I said, right in here. And, and of course, he did the same type of thing. Now, when Jimmy saw the little hook and figured he was going up on the bank, he's like, oh, it's going to be right here someplace. And he pokes up through there. And sure enough, the, the deer got Jimmy somehow. But it got up and came right into me. And I yep, predicted the path where he was going to go. You predicted his exit after he hooked. Yes. Now, as long as he kept making those style hooks, I was not going to get him by myself. No, you can't. You can't. because nope. Not in the thickness of that cover, no. number one, because you can't see very far. Yeah, you would. You have to step on. If you and can only he see, only ha- yeah, he, he only takes twenty five, thirty yards, and you know if you know on a big explosive jump, deer can go a long ways. And if he takes one jump, he's gone. He's he's, he's out, out of, of my eyesight. He's out of your eyesight. And he's yeah. back in back in the thick stuff. Yeah, and you're just not going to get a deer like that. That's that smart and that that checks back stuff that much constantly. Yeah, without, paranoid almost. You know, kind of. Yeah, lacked. and it's pretty rare for them to be like that. Yeah. You know, there's not many high pressure like deer. Yes. High pressure deer. Yep. Yeah. So it was a good learning curve, you know, and, and that example has happened quite a few times uh, that one of the b- biggest, oldest, biggest, nicest bucks I've chased in Vermont did that. And he made uh, 17 J's total. Yeah. And I never got the never got the deer. He brought me to other deer yeah. as we were doing it even. So, you know, he was using other deer. He was using the terrain and yep. he was using the wind. 
all the time on a pretty steady basis. Now, I don't know how consciously how smart a deer is to do all those things for real. And maybe I don't know. some of it is planned, but I don't really think so. A lot of it is just like they're in a habit of doing things well, that have always worked for them. Well, that's that's how they interact with right? That's how they mm-hmm. check. Yep. So it's kind of it's it's mostly instinct, right? Like I can't smell right here, right? They run turn into the wind so they can smell. Yeah, that's what a dog does. Right. Dog does it all they day long. They just do that. Right. A they, dog will be going across the field, sidewind, and all of a sudden he'll turn to the upwind yep. instantly as soon as he comes to something, right? Yeah. And he'll turn into the wind to figure out what's going on. Yeah, they just that's yeah, that's that, how they do that. That's how you discover so your it's, nose So it's basically, smells, yeah. you know, the the sense senses and their instincts are what's putting it together. As far as like they're not planning it out Mm-mm. as much. No. The other thing too is like when they run and when they, as they move through the woods, everything wants to move in the same kind of way because they're taking the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. That's that gives you the most advantage. When you're walking through the woods, you want to stay where you can kind of see and you want to stay kind of dry and you want to get up and you stop on flat spots. You don't stop on side hills, mm-hmm. right? The only time we stop on side hills is so we can prep for coming down or prep for going up. Well, you know what I mean? Like you're not, we don't. You don't walking up a steep bank for no reason and then just stop in the middle of the steep bank. You get to the top so you can rest. Oh yeah. Like every creature like a satisfaction. Every, thing. every creature like interacts with the woods the same. And mm-hmm. you know, deer just do that, but their senses are so good and their instincts are really good. It's what's had them survive for however long. That and it's always worked. It has, yeah. It's never failed them. Yeah. The running the running through the stuff, right? No one's probably tracked him as hard and as long through and, the swamp and like, and really tried to get him. Yep. Right. Yep. You know, let's stick with what works. Well, there's something to, you know, get from some of that. Um, the, the J of some kind is almost pretty normal. Sometimes it's only a little tiny one. Yeah. Sometimes it's a big one. It could be feet or yards. Yeah. Yep. And, and so I, I see J's mostly when they know you're coming. Mm-hmm. I like in my experience for tracking bucks, I've it's when after they've got you, they go down and then hook back around and get the scent and watch the or watch their backtrack. Yeah, just it's stand there and see you come. They'll hook around and then stand there. And it, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't had too many that go out, hook and lay down and just keep trying to lay down but lay on a hook, right? Most yeah. of the time they'll just lay up where they can watch their backtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I haven't seen that too much, but it's when you're pressuring them and they really want to get a good eye full too, they'll hook and just watch the backtrack. That's been what's happened for me so well, far. Well, like with the two-step buck, that, that deer just kept, kept doing everything to put like objects in between us. I mean, he didn't take the path of least resistance. He took the path the of most, right? Yes. He wanted to make sure that and be you left earned alone. it and leave me alone. And yeah. this uh, cliff climbing is what has always worked for me. And there's yeah. a lot of cliffs in there and he was literally in cliffs. Oh yeah. It was all we could do to get up yep. through there. Um, so, you know, sometimes they'll do that. The other thing too, is that almost always, even when you're going to, even when you're going to take a break and you're walking or you decide, uh, I got to go do my business, right? You'll come to a stop. Then you'll turn survey. Your, yeah. You'll survey a spot. Yep. You'll look for what you're looking for and then turn off and go to it. Yeah. So it might be more of an L versus a J. Yes. Right. And, and noticing a bend to the right or the left of the track that you're tracking is very important. You want to notice the turn 
as far in advance before of you, you get getting there. to it. You don't as want to possible. notice it for the first time when you're standing on right. it. Right. Because if you have to look at the right or the left side, yeah. and this is what Zach and I were talking about, if if the deer like loves to hook the downwind side and he's doing that and you've busted him a bunch of times, well, there's probably not too much reason to look to the right too much or wherever the upwind side is. Yeah. But, but, right? You might spend more time looking on the downwind side, but either way, I'm using the turn that I see upcoming as where I need to look. Yes. If there's even a slight swing t- to the left, I'm going to watch the left a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm go- and I've only had like two bucks that were just going along like on the interstate and then just stopped and parked. And you know how it is when you, there's a car stopped on the interstate and you're coming along, you ram them, right? <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, literally. You're not expecting them. Well, when the deer is on the interstate and he lays down in the middle of his track. You bust him. And just stop, you just run him right over, right? <laughs> it's just like, man, right? You just bust right yeah. into him. Yeah. Uh, one time, Donnell and I are chasing a, a deer. Lewis is running camera. I'm running camera. Donnell's tracking. We're going, we're going. The thing puts on this show for us and we're like, man, we're going to get him and it's a big one. There's snow down low. Everything's looking good. Yeah. And then, and all of a sudden, right out of nowhere, the thing just stops in the middle of these four-inch popple tree poles. It's fairly flat. It's a little bit dry. There's a slight dip in front of us with a little small stream, wet little spot. Just before we got to that, and the thing just parked right in the middle of his track for no reason. He just was walking along, stopped, and said, and laid down. And we came right <laughs> on to him, and he, whoa, boom, and he, to yeah. life. And, of course, he only needed the one jump to drop into the brook. Yeah. You know, the little bit of a dip that was in front of us, not really even a brook, just a big sag wet spot with a little tiny bit of stream. He drops into that dip, which is maybe three feet deep at the most, and then it's horns tail, horns tail, and he, he runs up the ditch, and, like, there's nothing we can do about it. And it's just a blur through the popple trees at about 60 yards, and there was nothing you could do. I just, yeah, you weren't You, you would have never known, right? And, and we were like, we're going to get this thing with a cameraman and another cameraman, and it's looking good. The and cameraman's got a cameraman today. We're going to have something yeah, happen. Yeah, this is going to be great, Yeah, you know? yeah. And then the thing just parked on his own track. And, and yeah. we came up behind him like a freight train and just whoom and he just woo and it's like oh damn that's pretty rare yeah that they, doesn't happen most very time often. you give it away they give it away in their tracks when they're going to do something they don't just like it's it's for no reason like moving through the woods mm-hmm. and then just stop a more likely scenario is down. that he does a whole bunch of squirrel tailing all over the place then comes back and lays somewhere close to his track where, so he, you, where he entered his business. Yeah, and you come down, and he's just off to the side of it right there, yeah. and you just ram him that way. That's I mean, more, way more likely. That's a lot more likely with moose, too. But still, but, that's yeah. still pretty rare, too. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, they, they do whatever they're going to do before they go find a spot farther down. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they walk in the house and they take their shoes off and they walk over to inject the mail and they go here and do that. And then they, <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they meander around, they go over here, grab a bite to eat, you know, have something to drink, go over and lay, sit down on the couch. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you looked at your tracks, like you walk, you're walking up the driveway <laughs> in a straight line, right. you get in the house and you slow down, right? 
and then you go over here and you go over there and you, you notice more you hook around and you yes. look a lot more and then you go over to the fringe get something to eat <laughs> come over and park on the couch and if you saw the track you look straight down on the track it would look just like a deer yeah just the same behavior yeah you know you know god's eye view looking yep. down on it all and how it all went down is it would pretty look amazing. just like it right yeah yeah it looked really similar yeah and you'd see you would see the attitude change because the attitude change is really what we're talking about mm -hmm. and the transition from mo we're moving through woods right big long nice steady steps all the time straight line we're out of here yeah right that says we're out of here when the steps start to get closer together and they start to like move around and sway a little bit and kind of like slither through the woods you know they make like more of an s shape that's now we're slowing down and we're meandering maybe looking for something to eat maybe gonna go sniff some stuff this is comfortable woods now now in the pre-rut that can be an issue yes because they especially like as you you start working from the 10th to the 15th right where they're starting to be really looking for does they there's almost into the chase phase you know they're, yep. they're starting to really get the is there anybody around and they start zombie walking now when they're zombie walking they're just this non-stop i need to find a doe i need yep. to find a doe just driven so, to walk yeah so now they're just walking and of course they get hungry every now and then so because they're walking so much and they're putting on the miles, Gotta eat. they'll have to eat and they'll get you all fooled into thinking they're going to be right there someplace because they, they're walking along steady. Then they stop, <laughs> take a breather. <clears throat> yeah. And they, they do some chewing and they do some more chewing and they eat some sticks and some stuff over here. And then all of a sudden, right back on it and bye-bye. And they go yep. right back to that same walking again. And they might go a half mile or so and knock their horns a couple times, maybe lay down a couple scrapes or something. Yep. And the next thing you know, they're crunch, crunch, crunch. And you're thinking, oh, here we go. They're going to eat, right? They're going to be here someplace. That was a lot of the 2019 season. Oh, man. That was Especially a lot of that the early us. part of the season. Oh, we yeah. had a second lot of week, that. Second week, yep. second into third week was like, Jesus. It was just nonstop. And there wasn't any does in heat. No, we none. weren't seeing any bucks that actually found a doe and started tending her. I was seeing rutting activity on December twelfth. Oh yeah, December twelfth. The rut was so late last year, from what we saw. That that it was late, right post Thanksgiving. Yeah, you started seeing um, real chase the deer dance, Pressure. right where a buck had, had actually yep. bred a doe. Yep. You would toes. see a little bit of that, um, that kind of stuff. So like. When they're in that zombie walking, that can really fool you into thinking that they're right there, and they could be. But you're bet you're better off to take air on the side of caution. And yep. if you're seeing the signs of maybe you know when they slow down, you slow down and start looking. Yep, that's how just, it always. You, you is. have to. You you're, can't not really. You're like a, a decent rule of thumb is when the deer is moving in a straight line and hammering through the woods, you can turn on the heat a little bit and start moving, and you know close the gap a little bit. When they start to slow down, you will just you want to look as far down the track as you can all the time because you oh, want to yeah. see the transition well before you're standing on it. Because mm -hmm. if they put if the brakes can. on and then start and you close the gap faster than you think, they're just starting into you know meandering in the house and you bust in in the front door right. and out the back they go. Right. You know you're coming into the yard at interstate speed. Yeah. You, right. And and you'll they'll know. Right. Somebody it. pulls in your driveway at fifty. You're like, right. what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Right. Yeah. 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 Literally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean to take um, Joe's Joe Donito's uh, it's analogy. A, it's such a good analogy. It's such though. a good analogy. It's so applicable. Of, of you know because it, we can all relate to the speed. It's yeah. It's relatable. And and, and, and what's going on. 
that that part of it for sure and there's this uh like terrain issue that will come along because if you're in a bunch of you know inch and a half poles you're not going to be able to see the track any distance at all no and like the when all of, of a sudden something that. just happened you you can't look very far down the track yeah. the other thing too is if there's a small amount of snow you won't look be able to look very far down the track you'll yep. only be able to see it at certain places but so it's based on how much information you can get yes how you, fast you can gather the information it, and also too like j hooks how much you can see when you can see a lot you got to be careful j hooks and tracks are like a you have to do it and it's buck dependent yeah some of them don't j hook very far and you're like you might have to run into them a few times to get specific but they're all different keep they have a person keep your attention a little bit more to the downwind side of you Right when the wind's coming across your right, look a little bit more on your left side. Most of the time, most of the time, when you're tracking, the critter you're going to see is going to be on the side of you most of the time. Yeah, it's and at an angle rare. like a forty-five to the front kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's way more likely to be in that. Even though sometimes they'll let you even start to go by them. Yeah, and I, have them bust aside. You're few. like, how did that happen? Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times, um, like we've been double teaming. The guy in the back sees the animal on the side. Yep. Guy in the front is watching the track, determining the speed and the pace that you need to go. And, and the, the guy gun. in the back is just looking for deer. Yep. He's looking left and right. Your eyes are crisscrossing and you're looking in different places at different times. One of you sees a deer jump off to the side. You know, most of the time it's a guy in the back that yeah. sees the deer first. Yep. That seems to be pretty much the rule with us because the guy in the front in general is looking at the ground at least half the time. He has a lot more to do, too. Yeah, he's breaking the ground that the guy in the back is going to step on, too. Like, going over blowdowns, stepping, not stepping on sticks. Determines um, the path, the speed, and is reading the deer's attitude. Right. Meanwhile, you're in the back just following. Yeah, you're in the passenger to stay seat quiet just and stay close. Yeah, stay close and you're trying and to watch. stay close and look for deer. That's your job. Right. You're being co-pilot. It's so important when you're double teaming to stay pretty close together physically. As soon as you start getting more than 10 or 12 feet apart you're too far apart you need to be like i i like it almost within hands reach of each other yeah because number one you can't signal the other guy if he's walking and sometimes you need to be quiet the deer's 25 yards to the side and you want to scream at your buddy hey it's on the side it's over here <laughs> right you don't want to have this giant conversation trying to get the guy's attention yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's actually hunting he, yep. He's doing his thing, yep. and now he's walking away from you, and you have to, hey, 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 hey. you got to have a signaling system Yo, of some kind. idiot! <laughs> <laughs> the deer's on the left, right? You have to say, left, 3 o'clock, you know, 20 yards, right? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so, you know, keep keep your cameraman or keep your co-hunter right close to yeah. you, and it's that's why, like, yeah. um, the father-son team thing is so good yeah. because dad have the kid in the front, dad in the back, dad's with you. That's the way it is. Yeah. That works really well. As they start getting bigger than you, now they'll climb the bank and you can't see through them anymore. Yep. Um, so that makes it a little bit, a little bit tougher, but maybe yeah. I, I hope some of this has helped some of you and, uh, keep that old J hook in mind. When um, you, when you get to that kind of business, you just got to slow down. Yep. You're better off to just slow, go right down into a death creep most of the time they're closer than you think they are. They're not miles and miles and miles and out. And you're you're better off to think they're closer and act like they're right here because a lot of times they are. Yeah, I, I like you know? quarter speed. You know, I don't want to go too slow, no. but I want to be like twice or half again as thorough 
at looking. It was something we covered in another podcast talking about like how well you can pay attention to the woods determines how fast you can go. Yeah. Right. If you can read the track and look for deer and do all that stuff really well, you can move along. Right. If, but if you got good eyes, if you good got good eyes, eyes and, there's and some it's good conditions, right? Like a lot of the things are going to determine the speed, but reading the deer's attitude as to what, what he's going to do next, it just comes with practice yep. and it comes with that particular deer. Like though you knew what he was doing before he went to do his J hook. Mm-hmm. You knew that, yep. right? You had that exposure time with him. You've had the tracking experience. You have to do it. But all the tracking experience in the world wasn't going to make up for his senses. And it wasn't going to make up for the advantage that the advantage that he had with that kinds of woods. Yep. And the crust and the ice and, and the noise. And he just, he had me and that he would have yep. lived forever if he didn't double team. Him. Sometimes cutting off the hook does pay off big time. Yep. It has quite a few times oh, where yeah. I've said, oh, it's going to be this way. And I just made a small, like 50 yard swing off from the track and yep. went to where I think it's going to be. And there's been a whole bunch of times where I swung right over, looked on the other side of the blow down. There he is right there. Yep. And I'm like, a boy. Yep. Or I got over there, I predicted the bed, I cut the hook, and I got over there, and he wasn't in it. You and I had he a, got up a deer in New off. Hampshire that was doing that. He'd hook us all the time. Yep. And one, then walk one, away. Yep, one after yep. another. Now, when you start calling the beds, that's yeah. great practice. Yep. Call when you think he's going to bed it. Call where you think it's going to be and practice that a little bit, where it was and where it isn't, so that after a while you develop your own pattern for calling where where he's going to lay down. And the other thing, too, is every time I come to a deer bed, I look around and I say, why here? What's, what's so great about yep. this that's, particular that's, spot? That's actually a really good idea. Because in the future you'll be able to pick bedding spots way better. Now, if you're a shed hunter, is it a good idea to know where moose like to bed? Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's where the sheds fall off. They spend the most amount of time in bedding areas. Yep. And where do you find the mo- most moose horns? In the bedding areas. So when you know the kind of ground that moose like to bed on, the type of terrain and the, the type of forest, the type of forest and the, the kind of dryness to the ground, that makes a big difference. Yep. I can look, I can see a bedding spot from 200 yards away and say, oh, that's where they'd lay down right over there. Yep. You know, you can kind of pick them spots out. It's where you'd like to be. Yeah. Same type of thing. And we'll definitely, we're definitely going to do a bunch of videos about that too. And we'll yep, maybe, maybe do a bed comparison video where you just take a whole bunch of, this is where he had bed. Why? Right. And we'll do like a little bed analysis video, you know, yep. cause that's helpful stuff. Might do some of that. It'd be a good refresher for me. Also, too. too, what happens before, what the track does before the bed. Yep. And also what it does after the bed. Those are important things because whether it, whether you <laughs> jumped it out of the bed or not. But also, too, what it did when it got up. You know, what was his first move when it got up? Okay, it stretches, right, and usually takes a dump, right, yep. or, or, or pees, right? It does yep. one or the other. And then... A lot of times, especially a buck will step off and pee. Doe will usually stand up, stretch, and then pee and splash right there. Yep. So it'll be in the bed, on the edge of the bed most of the time, where a buck is more likely to st- step off a little bit and then go, and then it'll be dribble marks away. 
and he'll either um, do a little feeding or he may walk out into the open a little bit and kind of assess things like and then just maybe, check check the weather yeah right? you get out of bed go to the window yeah like go out on the porch right yep. you just kind of what's what's the deal today uh, right? how's the kingdom yeah <laughs> and then he'll be like he'll make you'll see him make a decision well i gotta knock my horns right and he'll walk for a little ways and, and then knock his horns on some trees or he'll make a scrape or something. Or he'll just like take off and go to work. Yep. Right. You get on the highway and start going to work. Going yeah. To do every something. now and then they get out of bed late. Yeah. He'll he'll find something. Um, I've had quite a few of them that got up and walked and stretched and and did their business and went a little ways farther and then just took off running. And just to jump, to jump, to jump, to jump, and went down off a hill, right? Obviously, just, a refreshing nap. Yeah, like a kangaroo, right? Just like Tigger, <laughs> ba-boing, 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 down the hill. Tons of energy. Yep. Just feels like, let's go somewhere. And takes off and gets down there, like the kid with the motorcycle. I'm in the yep. passing lane, right? And he goes. And then when he gets down the bottom of the hill, what does he do? He finds something, right? And then he's now interested in these tracks over here, right? And he starts walking down these tracks. Yep. Oh, there's a moose, and he sniffs those tracks. And, like, all of a sudden, they just start doing things. If they just get up, walk a little ways, and then just start running and just, like, hammer down, right around then, I'll walk up to that spot and make a 90-degree myself, and I will <laughs> head back to the truck. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I ain't going five miles to chase running tracks That's all day. That's probably exactly like a younger buck, like yeah. a two-and-a-half-year-old, or no. even a one-and-a-half-year-old. No. When they are kangarooing, and they're running for no reason. I ain't doing it. You do not want to follow them. They I'm will take you a that. million miles, and you will not catch them. I'm not doing that track. You know nope. how many of those I've followed? Maybe he'll slow down. 12 o'clock. Maybe he'll slow down. Yeah. 3 o'clock. I think he's going to slow down. 4 o'clock. How'd it go? He didn't slow down. <laughs> Not a bit. And it's like, well, it's just, that was that's bad. Oh, yeah. Bad it on my happens. part. But, so, you know, it is, you have to, it, it, takes, it takes experience. It takes trial and error. And it is pretty deer dependent. But you, they all kind of have this general way that deer act. Deer have a kind of. Mm-hmm. A personality that, and a kind of like a almost like a rule book that they all kind of follow, yep. or so. And the moseying around and slowing down, and the four way stop. I'd say the biggest signal for deer attitude change is when they stop, and you can see all four feet bang, yep. not moving. Right. Yep. That is like you were saying the assessment. Yeah. Looking House around. The kingdom. Yep. Am I gonna lay down? Am I gonna go eat? Am I gonna walk? That right there is decision time. And that's also something you want to see coming. And if you see that, you need to copy them. Copy the deer. You need to stop and look around Mm -hmm. because the thing might be right there. Or you might see something. You might see a terrain change. You need to be like, what is he doing right now? When you're tracking him, you're not just trying to follow him and find him. You Mm -hmm. say, what is he thinking? Right. What's he feeling like? And that is just, that's going to help you predict his next move so much better. Whether it's going to be to bed, to run, to have something to eat or to make a hook you need you'll you're going to put yourself almost in his mentality when you're tracking him those stops and those transitions those steps to the right those hooks those are all super super important he can be leading you to the bar yep right he boing to boing to boing to boing boing and then all of a sudden stop right he pulled into the parking lot and he assesses how's the bar sound tonight right and there's all this noise and racket and there's all kinds of things going right he's leading you to another deer group 
Yep. Right. And it's the bar, right? Oh, yeah. There's some breeding going on. The old man is in here. Who's here today, right? <laughs> right? That's yeah. what they would do. Yeah, yeah. So now he'll start cowboy walking, right? He's pulled down into the parking lot like a teenager on the motorcycle, but now he's got a cowboy walk, and he puffs up his chest, and he walks into the bar, right? You'll, you'll see an attitude change to the deer when he's about to meet a bunch of other deer. You can yeah. see that, and, and that kind of foot dragon especially the bigger, older ones, they really do the foot dragon thing. And they, they come into an area with lots swagger. of stuff. Now, just because you're following a deer, you can run into other deer. Yes. What better scenario can you have than even if you're hours or miles behind a buck, but he leads you into a barnyard of activity and there's another buck, right? Yeah. That you weren't even tracking. Yep. And he just happens to be in the same bar and you say, ooh, I like the big guy sitting on the end over there, right? Pow. You, you say, wrong him. place, wrong time there, bub. <laughs> Careful what you drink. Right? Yeah. You're not him, but you'll do. <laughs> what better could you hope for? Yeah. Especially, you know, just yep. if you can't go that far, but this buck leads you to a deer bar. You never know what you're going to find on the that's track. That's right. You right. never know. You'll, you'll learn something every time you go out. And I think that's one of the best things about tracking. Not to mention you're learning everything on the land real time. Constantly. Real time. Yep. Yep. There's no need for anything else. Nope. Right? In order to get it done. You don't need anything else. Just more time to look over more land in that area, usually. Good conditions, rested legs, and a whole day ahead of you. Yeah, you're great. You're gonna you're gonna have quite an experience tracking. Something's gonna happen. Oh yeah, something's you're happening. You're gonna see things, and yep. a lot of times you're gonna you learn something. If you start seeing partridges, right? You flush a bird, and it runs off, and then you you see a rabbit, and it runs off. Right? You're in game woods. Yep. There's a lot of Pay woods attention. where there's nothing, yes. and then there's woods where there's animals. And as soon as you start seeing them, and they're up and running around, right? We're tracking along, and we see a moose feeding. Oh. Moose are on their feet, mm. right? We're, we're making that assumption right off the bat. Well, that moose is on its feet and it's eating. Yep. You know, we were hunting during the day and we were talking on the radios at noon, right? And we say, okay, you seen anything? And everybody says, yeah, I've seen two moose. They're, they were laying down. This one over here saw one moose laying down. And one guy saw one moose in that half hour ago and it was starting to eat. That means the prime time's probably coming. Yep. You know, it might be midday. It might be a minor time for but whatever. hunting, but it's the best time during daylight That's hours. Right. And now everything's on its feet. Whether or not all the animals are on their feet or not makes a difference. It's yes. just like fishing. It's yeah. I was literally, same I was literally thing. thinking that exact same thing. You say, "Well, they're biting today." Yep. Right. And everything's say, up. Yep. They're all moving. Yeah, what kind of? What'd you get? What do? You, what, what? Hey, what are you using? Oh, he bit a. He bit a sanko. Oh, good to know. You know, we're at the gas station talking to hunters, yep. right? And they're all saying the same thing. Man, the deer were sleeping all day today. Yep. There was nothing moving anywhere. Even the moose, right? Brand new snow. It's, it's two day old snow, and nothing has moved. You yep. swear there we were no five, animals. We had five day old snow last year. Nothing. Yeah, there was nothing, nothing. Not a track. We we thought for sure with five day old snow, there's no animals here. Literally, and, and then a week days, later, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> it was like Walmart. We were, it was kapow kapow Wild West out there. Yeah, it's like, yeah, Jesus. like Walmart tracks everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're going to have those. You know, that's going to happen. But when you start lining two and two up together. Yeah, and have you got to share coming, information, too. It'll, it'll work good for you. And what you'll learn from it is so valuable. It's great.
Yeah, that's one of the one of the major benefits of tracking is just just real time data about what's on the land all the time, and you learn something every day, and you're gonna learn something about this particular leader. He's gonna teach you something. It'll come at a cost, for sure. You're gonna get tired. Yep. You're gonna that information that you gather about the landscape is expensive. Is expensive. You, I walked yes, a long is. way to learn what I learned. Nothing. Right? <laughs> it's not. It's not my my experience or my gun or any of that other stuff. It's my boots. Yeah. My boots kill a lot of deer. Boots I on the ground. Walk. I can walk, right? The yep. walking is so valuable. My my sh my boots yeah. kill the deer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully you guys found this relatively informative and interesting and you know, sharing our thoughts on J hooks and attitude and behavior and stuff of certain deer. And this is definitely something we want to expand on. Um, try this out. Let us know what you guys are seeing. You know, share what's worked for you, little tips and stuff. Feel free to, you know, send that over to us. We always love hearing your emails. The emails have been insane. You guys oh, have yeah. sent us some, we love all the, all the stories and all the comments. Love it. Keep it rolling. We have a podcast email just for our podcast family. You guys, it's ask mountain deer gmail mtn d-e-e-r you know short it up so you don't have to type so many letters at gmail congratulations to everybody who's gotten deer so far that's this right year. both season's been, been good wow just like it's man there's been some giants yeah vermont shot a new state record uh, for archery weight. for weight 263 yeah i, I 263? think he ended up in the 260 ish yeah i think it, it lost Heavy. a little bit of weight over Heavy. Night or whatever uh curtis weighed it but yeah quite yeah. a deer um with any luck uh, there'll be quite a few more we've gotten quite a few 200 oh, yeah. pounders with a bow in vermont this year and even new hampshire's gotten some really excellent bucks yeah it's Things gonna be a great year good. and uh, it's snowing already super excited seeing a lot of deer moving around lots of people have a lot of you know camera pictures and a lot of uh, there's a lot happening this is gonna be a great season has moved in <laughs> it is officially here and yep. we're gonna have some snow we're headed up sunday so excited. Here we go. It's going to be great, man. Yep. Can't wait. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't, feel free to drop a review down below. Let us know what you think. Let everybody else know what you feel about the podcast. Tips, suggestions, thoughts, and comments. Send those over to us. We love reading them. we we'll read them all. And we'll see you in the next episode. Share your life with your friends. Share our podcast with everybody. <laughs> he says thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. See you later, guys. So happy long. hunting. Happy hunting.